0: Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the Ten to Track Weekly World Match Previews Podcast. I'm your host, Person Noob. I've hijacked my dad's intro to let you know what you've gotten yourself into. We have a new word. And it is called Nubadustra. Remember that. Nubadustra. We preview 10 really important matches in the soccer world as we define them. I we'll cover some big league and clubs. Sure, but we're not afraid to go to any league in a far-flung, in any far-flung corner of the gold. Globe. Most first versus second place games, plus other big international games, international and tournament matches. then there's our bonus matches. A visit from our muddy soothsayer for a prediction. And special segment from me. Let's dive right in with... Match number one!
1: Our first one is our only Friday match of this particular podcast. But it is going to be a doozy. Intense ramifications. We're headed to the Asian Champions League. They are in their group stage on the west half. Side note, the uh, east half of Asia. All their teams, they're way behind. Haven't even started their group stage. It always seems to run this way. In any case, they're in the last match of the group stage there on the west side. There are five groups. I believe they all have four teams. One of them might have five, neither here nor there. All the winners are going to advance from each of these five groups from the west to the round of 16. So will the four second-place finishers. They've been playing a double round robin. Again, this is the last match. And Group C, wow. Estaglal from Iran. Aldu hail from Qatar and Al-Ali from Saudi Arabia all have eight points, two, two and one records. Now, it is the head-to-head, the points that you've earned against those competitors that are the tiebreakers. That is the order in which they are ranked right now. Nevertheless, let's go over just what exactly is going to happen to see who's going to advance and who's not. Uh, our match, by the way, I should say, is going to be al to Hail uh, SC versus All Ailey. Even though All Ailey is listed second on paper, the Saudi Arabian team has been hosting all the matches due to COVID. They've been uh, geographically centered for each of the groups. So All Ailey must win to advance. They're in third place. They're last in the tiebreakers. Uh, they finish number one and win the group if they win today, and Esteglal from Iran does not win against al Shoda from Iraq. Um, if they get a draw, they won't be able to advance as one of the, the runners-up. It has to be a win. All due hail. Exactly the same scenario win and you're in, get a draw or a loss, and you can't advance as the winner or the second place one. The second place finishes are just too tight. So that part's pretty simple. I'll say a little bit about Estiglal. If uh, both matches are a draw today, then Estaglaw, of course, they're on top right now, and they would remain on top. So... If there is a Duhal-Ailey winner coming out of that match, then Estiglal, even though they're in first place right now, has to have a win against Al Shorta. I think they're going to have an easy time getting that. Al shorta isn't playing for anything. They're still in their uh, league season, I'm sure, and will probably be resting a lot of starters for that. In any case, let's talk a little bit about the matchup proper. Al Duhal and Al Ailey. Uh, Al duhail is out of Guitar. As I mentioned, that is the number two rated league in the AFC. The Saudi Arabian Pro League is rated number four. The top six are all very, very good leagues in Asia, and then there's kind of a drop off. That's why this was such a tough draw for Al Shorta, to be honest. All duhail They are known as the Red Knights. Uh they play out of the capital of Doha in a district called Duhale. That is in uh And the northern half of that, if you're not familiar, this isn't soccer, but the entire northern half of that district is home to the National Internal Security Forces. So I don't know if that makes it a little bit of a scary place or a really, really safe place, but kind of interesting. Uh, They are here by virtue of having won the 2019-2020 Stars League. I believe they also won the FA Cup last year there, too. Uh, they have seven domestic league titles all within the last 10 years. So this has been the real powerhouse out of this country. Uh, they have made the Champions quarter uh, quarterfinals before two different times. Most recently a uh, couple of years ago, 2018. Their league season actually just finished and they finished in second place to El Saad for the 2021 season. There uh, they boasted the second best offense and the number three defense. Uh, possible man of the match, uh, Michael Olunga out of Kenya. He is a four He has scored 8 goals, twice as many as anybody else for this particular event Uh, If you're familiar with his name from a European tie He did play for Jurgården in uh, Sweden in 2016 He's been with the national team for Kenya since 2015 And he's got a really cool nickname He studied with, I don't know if it's a university proper or a technical institute But they call him the engineer Because he studied something called geospatial engineering when he was there So... I don't know if we'll ever do interviews, but I would love to be able to talk to that guy. Just sounds fascinating, even though I don't know anything about geospatial anything. Meanwhile, Al-Ali, they play out of Jeddah Uh, That's a city of about 4.5 million people It's a west central uh, port And it is the country's commercial center, not Riyadh, the capital Uh, This is really close to Mecca, just to give you some uh, geographical perspective About 40 miles to the west of Azal This is a very much predominantly Sunni Muslim city They have 1,300 mosques there Uh, They qualified by virtue of finishing number three in the Saudi Pro League last year, which is a little bit confusing. Not that they qualified, but that should have put them in a position to have to play one of the playoff rounds, but they got to start in the group stage instead. Perhaps somebody else didn't get their licensing and had to drop out to the uh, Asian Cup. Uh, They have won three league titles in their country, 2015-2016 being the most recent. Twice they have been runners-up in the Champions League, though it's been a little bit longer than their foes have made the quarterfinals. 2012, last year they did make the quarterfinals, so they've been on a roll. And a guy I think that we should look for in the box score Uh, Tied for number two in event scoring is Omar Omar Al-Soma He is a Syrian striker And uh, he is known as the Syrian Zlatan Because he is such a good finisher And because he's equally good with both feet He's also really, really good on free kicks and set pieces So if you can manage to find an internet stream of this one Really watch out for that guy He's supposed to be a lot of fun Match number B There's my beautiful daughter and co-host Person Noob on the Countdown Duties. Thank you so much as always. And thank you for our weekly reminder that, and I'll try to only say this once, sort of a running thing here on the show. Number two is bathroom talk. Let's make a change, planet Earth. Let's make a change. Join the revolution that is number B. Out with number two, in with number B. But now on to the important shiny match. Uh, This is the first of our Saturday matches. It is the Austrian FA Cup Final. Um, A little bit about footy there in general. Uh, Their league, uh, their top league from which both of these uh, teams will come that are playing for the trophy, is the number 10 rated league in UEFA. That's up two from a year ago. Uh, They passed up Ukraine and Turkey in the coefficients. For their league, the winner goes to the Champions League, a playoff round. Second place team also goes to the Champions League. Uh, a lesser round, and then two teams are going to get Europa Conference League berths. There's the Champions League, Europa League, and then starting this year, there's a tertiary tournament, the Europa Conference League. The team that finishes in third place here at the end of their season, they've divided the league into championship and relegation rounds, the third-place team will automatically go to the Champions League. The team that finishes fourth place will will have to play a playoff with a uh, with the team that wins finishes at the top of the relegation round. Now, this isn't going to affect one of those teams too much, but it will affect the other. The winner of this match gets to go to the Europa League, the group stage. That's the case in most of the European countries. And uh, by the way, the game is going to be play, played in a neutral site in Klagenfurt, which is the capital of the federal state and host to a Division II team. Your matchup is LASK versus RB Salzburg. Now, right now, LASK are number four in the champ, in the uh, Champions Round, so all they're in position right now. If the regular season for the league were to end today. Is they would get a chance to go to the Europa Conference League They would have to win that league playoff I mentioned So if they can win this Not only are they guaranteed to play in European competition But they'll actually get to play in the second best tournament Instead of the ECL And then we have uh, Red Bull Salzburg They basically have number one in the league wrapped up They're going to the Champions League And they lead uh, Rapid VN in, uh in the number B position by 8 So, a little bit about each. L-A-S-K. They play out of the city of Linz, which is the capital of Upper Austria, northwest part of the country. A city of over 200,000 people. Um, They're actually not playing in Linz right now. They had some sort of falling out with the city council, and it gets a little bit confusing. They're playing in a town, very close guy called, I'm going to pronounce it uh, Pasching, P-A-S-C-H-I-N-G. They're going to move back to Linz when the stadium there is fully rebuilt, which they're uh, anticipating uh, will be done sometime next. Next year. And yet for some reason, that is the stadium in which they are already able to host uh, UFA competition matches like this one. So a little bit confusing. Is the stadium ready? Is the stadium not? Not quite sure. But one interesting and unrelated side note, if you're not familiar with Linz as a history fan, uh, this is the town where Hitler spent most of his uh, youth, his formative years, and considered it his hometown. All right. Not a lot to say about that one. As far as the footy, this team won the league and the FA Cup uh, once before the same year. But you've got to turn the calendar back all the way to 1964-65 season to find when they hoisted those trophies. Uh, Still, the last three years, they did qualify for the Champions League. They've never uh, made the group stage, though. Uh, They've gotten to the penultimate round before that, the playoff round. And then have always played in the Europa League after that. Their best finish there has been in the round of 16. Now, uh, they are tied in the league on number three on offense and defense, so very well balanced. A uh, man to look for, I believe, top 10 league score and tied for third best in this event on offense is uh, Johannes Eggestein. He is a, a German striker, just 22 years old. So, who knows, he may be uh, moving on from Austria to the Bundesliga or elsewhere in Europe proper, and here you'll already know his name. He's actually on loan from Werder Bremen. Uh, Werder Bremen, they have the rights to him right now. And also, top three in the league on assists, man to look for, Peter Michorl, M-I-C-H-O-R-I-L. He's a midfielder, not sure of the pronunciation. Red Bull Salzburg, these have got to be your favorites when it comes to Austria. They play in an area just east of Salzburg City. They are right on the German border in the north central part of the country. Uh, they have won seven of the last nine FA Cups, and they are the two time defending champions. Uh, They've got the best offense in the league, almost three goals per match. Yikes. And then the second best defense in the league to go along with that. Number one in the league and number two in event scoring is Pat Sandaka, Zambian forward, 22 years old He is almost certainly going to be moving on to a bigger European league I said a couple of weeks ago that he had already inked a deal with uh, one of the La Liga teams in Spain It turns out that wasn't correct and in fact may not be happening The latest transfer rumor news is that he may be headed to Manchester United We shall see Number two still in uh, their... Uh, numbers in league and assists is Dominic Soboslav, but he has already moved on. He's with RB Leipzig right now. And we've got a couple USA connections for this team, much better than Hitler connections. Uh, let's see, uh, Brendan Aronson, a midfielder who's just 20 years old. He had been playing with the Philadelphia union and came over this year. He's got at least three goals. I believe he's made over a dozen appearances for them and congratulations to their head coach. Uh, Jesse March. He is going to be moving on from Red Bull Salzburg up the Red Bull sports portfolio pipeline. He was just announced as uh, the new coach for next year for Red Bull Leipzig in uh, Germany's Bundesliga. So good on him for that. That is the highest profile European head managing job almost certainly that any American has ever held.
0: Match number three.
1: This is another Saturday match and it brings us to the Welsh Premier League. There are just four matches to go in the season. They have long since divided the table into halves, uh, their championship round and their relegation group. There are only two teams up for the title in the championship round Connors and TNS, the new Saints. They have been blowing away everybody else. Uh, Connors Quay won just a few days ago. They beat TNS and so they lead by two points right now. TNS likely need a win to take the league because neither of these teams is is very likely to falter against anybody else in their country. Now, since they played just within the last week, and we did a preview for that, let's not tread over that old ground. Let's instead use this as our usual weekly gambling match. And when it comes to gambling, Team Noob, oh yes, we prefer to cheat. You know what this means, regular listeners. It's time to check in with our in-house prognosticator, seer, mighty soothsayer, he who can tell us... Who just might win this match? To the Thracian plains of Greece we go for wisdom and a vision from 3,500-year-old Noobstradamus. Take it away.
2: I have a bad feeling about this. And as you might guess, all my feelings are usually right. But I shall hold fast to my bargain with you, soccer noob. You've again supplied me with soda stream tab and a week's odd assortment of unlabeled prescription pills. Per our agreement. I will seek the future for you once again. Oh. Oh. In my mind, I once again am moving through space and time. Whee. It is as I feared. Though the match is being played at Connors Quay, my vision takes me to near Oswestry, in what is now called Shropshire in England, home of TNS. Am I to relive perhaps my greatest horror here at Marsfelf? It seems so. This is the mid-600s, and Oswald of Northumbria materializes beside namesake of the town Oswald's Tree. There, his army formed from the mists, and the enemy, the Mercians. As I told Ozzy, this going on the offensive was a bad idea. But did he listen? No. Away they'd marched to this field of doom. In the blink of an eye, we were suddenly near the battle's end. The Mercians were the superior foe, mercifully slaying those they mortally wounded, making prisoners of others. My fame known, I was immune from attack, but I spoke harshly to the Mercian leader when he began dismembering the slain Oswald. Oh no, here it comes, the icky part. One of this captains took gross exception and pierced me with his spear. My eye! with a wave of my arm and the power of my infinite noggin. In an instant, I summoned two ravens. One plucked an eye off the offending captain straight out. Nina, Nina. The other picked up one of Oswald's arms, swooped high, and dropped it near an ash tree. In a moment, a well had sprung from that exact spot. I bathed my wound, and my eye was restored. The injured captain did the same. To this day, those waters are said to have restorative powers for ailments of the eye. An eye, like a letter I, I... I see a one. And the Northumbrians lost this day, a zero for certain. Though at great pain, noob, I divine that TNS will lose One to zero, to Connors Quay. I have seen, I have spoken. Ouchie.
1: Thank you. As always, very much, Noobstradamus, for that sumptuous, colorful vision of what could happen in the Welsh Premier League. I have a feeling we got some uh, actual history in there, uh, some folklore as well. And that he's been smoking a lot of lotus leaves along with ingesting those expired pills that uh, knockoff tab soda streamer soda that we always send him as part of our contract. Most importantly, remember New Bites, if I may refer to you as such. Gamble responsibly. And remember that Noobstradamus has actually never gotten even a winner right on one of these games, let alone the score. Match, Match number, number four. Three. Another Saturday match, and it takes us to another league that, quite frankly, like Wales, is not very high up in the coefficients. These uh, guys are near the very, very bottom, but they play footy. They're FIFA and UEFA members, and I like to cover important matches from anywhere. After all, what other podcast is going to really have anything to say about the National League in Gibraltar? Yeah. Yeah. They've only got like 30,000 people there, but they're still FIFA members and UEFA members. Uh, The matchup is uh, number B Lincoln Red Imps, and they are playing host to currently number 1 Europa FC in the standings. Now, like a lot of European leagues, they've already divided the table in half, and so only the top half, championship round, are playing against each other, and then the bottom half, a relegation round, although I don't think they call it that there because I don't think Gibraltar's has relegation. In any case, there's only, depending on which team you look at, got four or five matches left in the season, so we're really getting down to the nitty-gritty. And this is huge because right now Europa lead uh, the Red Imps by four in the table. The importance of that will become clear uh, shortly. Uh, Red Imps do have a match in hand, so if they can score a home win today, they're actually going to be the ones in the driver's seat. There is one other team uh, there in Gibraltar, St. Joseph's, that could win the title mathematically, but they're more or less out of it. Um, Things have been fairly even between the two teams this year. Uh, the Red Imps uh, won 0-3 on the road, earned a 2-2 draw at home in league play, and then they also faced off in the FA Cup. I think it was a semifinal. And Europa FC held it to a 0-0 draw in uh, regular and extra time and then went on to win in PKs. Europa FC, let's learn a little bit about them first. They are the green machine and your visitors today. They have won seven league titles historically. Uh, last one was 2016-17. The one before that, you have to go back 60 years. I don't think they'd like to have to wait that long again. Uh, They have actually, despite the fact that this place is only about as big as Ames, Iowa, they have uh, won two Europa League matches before uh, this year in the league. They are tied for second best on offense, scoring over three per game and tied for number one on defense. Uh, Not that I think you'll be able to find even an internet stream for this one if you can. Gosh, find me on Twitter, Soccer Noob USA. Uh, Tied for number five and scoring for the league Their star is Dylan Borgia, B-O-R-G-E. He is a striker. What's particularly noteworthy about him is he is only 17 years old. Uh, On uh, uh, 327 of this year, he made his national team debut as the youngest uh, Gibraltar player ever to do so. And also, they've got tied for the best goalkeeper in the league statistically, Christian Lopez. And then the Red Imps. This is your traditional powerhouse from this league. So if you follow the early rounds of Champions League at all, Lincoln is going to be very well known to you already. Uh, Fun side note about them. They still, I believe, hold the record for Europe's longest chronological unbeaten league run. They went nearly 2,000 days, more than five years, in the Gibraltar Premier Division uh, from May of 2009 from September to 2014. A run of 88 Matches uh, where nobody could ding them for a loss. I think they had draws in there, but that's still amazing. They have 24 league titles, easily the most domestically in league history, and they've won 16 out of the last 17 on top of being the two-time defending league champions. They have even managed to win a couple of Champions League times in the very early preliminary rounds. The best team they ever beat was an Estonian team. They have tied for the second best offense in the league, tied for number one on defense. Uh, Men to look for in the box score, tied for number one in league scoring is Kike Gomez out of the Philippines. Interesting that he has made his way to Gibraltar. And then tied for number one statistically in goalkeeping, Kyle Chino Goldwyn. He is a veteran, 36, and he has spent his entire career on the rock playing for various Gibraltar and club teams. Uh, His claim to fame was he was in goal in 2018 when the national team beat Armenia. I think it was a friendly, don't hold me to that. And he faced an amazing 34 shots on goal, but managed to keep them all out. Just incredible. Match
0: number five.
1: And now we get to flip the calendar to Sunday and we're headed off to the women's side of the ball in Europe, the UEFA Women's Champions League. They are in the semifinals and playing the second leg of their two legged ties. The second match for those who are a little bit newer like me, they play a home and away for the semifinals in this tournament. And it was tied after leg one. PSG managed to tie with Barcelona 1-1 and now is the return trip to Spain a little bit about each Barcelona uh their league is considered to be the number five one in UEFA but this is the number two rated club oh I said it wrong person noob I said the number you know what Uh, what am I supposed to say number B. Yes, number B club in all of FIFA. Uh, They were the Champions League runners-up in 2018- 2019. Uh, The gal to look for, number one event scorer, Jennifer Hermoso. She is a false nine. Also plays some attacking midfielder. She was the one who got their goal in the first leg of the semifinal. She's been with the national team in Spain since 2011. She played with this team for 2013 through 2017, and then she spent a year or so, oddly enough, with PSG. And even though she was was very very good and played a lot in barcelona the first time didn't get to play a lot of bsg so now she is back uh now a little bit about psg uh this is your new uh, best team in france which is really weird to say because uh, Lyon has been the reigning league champion for years world champion basically for years number one in uefa uh To that end, uh, France's top flight is the number one league in UEFA. Uh, PSG is climbing. Lyon is still number one. This is the number four club rated by FIFA. Uh, They were Champions League runners-up in 2014-15 and uh, the 2016-17 season, as you would imagine, losing to Lyon all the time. Uh, Number four league scorer at their disposal, Sarah Daybreth. She is a German midfielder. Uh, What makes this team so powerful is she's also only like the fourth best on the team offensively, pretty much. They get a lot of offense and it comes from a lot of different places. They've just been impossible to stop this year nearly. A couple of USA connections. Uh, Defender Alana Cook, she actually got uh, their score in the first leg of the semifinal, even though she is a defender. I always like it when the defenders are getting in on the offensive stats. And uh, she had been on loan with what was Seattle, now is called OL Rain. So doubling up on your USA connection there. And then we have one more minor one. They've got an incredibly good starting goalkeeper. One of the two or three backups there is an American named Ariana Cricione. Uh, Person Noob's 3 Mew Imitation of Our Kitties For some reason it's come to signify That we're taking a break from our tracking Of the Cummings Week's matches to do What our name purports that we do And that is to track Let's take a look at last week's matches in a recap Match number 1 was a Saturday match We went to Major League Soccer New England versus D.C. United The result was a Revs 1-0 win It's very very early in the season of course But New England are number 3 in the Eastern Conference now D.C. United are in Sixth match number B, the AFC Champions League, where at the time they were about halfway through the group stage. We took a look at Tajikistan's Istaklal versus Saudi Arabia's Al-Halal. And it was a big rout and a big upset. Istaklal won 4-1. Uh, Manachekar Jollyoff had a brace, a guy we said to look for. Uh, Manacher Safarov also had a brace of goals. And then for the other team, a guy we said to watch out for as well. Bafatimbi Gomez scored. Now Istaklal lead the group on head-to-head. Otherwise, they are tied in the table with al Halal. Match number three, we went to the Welsh Premier League. Number one, TNS taking on number B, quay And it was another route. And in this case, it was for the visitors. Quay won one to four. That breaks the tie in the table here late in the season. But TNS still do have the higher goal differential. So things are not over and they are going to be playing again on May 1st. Match number four, we went to the Lebanese Premier League. Number one, Al-Ansar taking on number B, al Nejma, and Al-Ansar defended their turf with a 2-1 win. They now win the league by five points. Congratulations to the Lebanese champions. Sunday match number five we went to the EFL or Carabao Cup final Manchester City taking on Tottenham Hotspur at Wembley and the result was a 1-0 win Kevin De Bruyne had an assist match number six the KNVB the Belgium FA Cup in Brussels it was Standard Liège taking on Yank and Yank pulled it off one to two uh, Junior Ito, a guy we said could be your possible man in the match, he did have a goal. Uh, Standard League now have to uh, win their tier within uh, league play and then a playoff with a fourth place team from the championship round to even get into the Europa Conference League. Congratulations to Yank. Match number seven, we visited the Paraguayan Primera Division. Number one, Libertad taking on number B, Nacional. And the result was a 1-1 draw. And what a race. At the time that that match ended, here's how the table then stood. Libertad, 26 points. Olympia, 26 points. Nacional, 25. And Cerro Porteño, 23. And Olympia and Cerro Porteño are the two traditional powerhouses in that country. Going to be a whale of a finish there in Paraguay. Match number eight, the NWSF. Louisville Racing taking on on North Carolina Courage and it was a shootout and the Courage came out on top two to three that puts Louisville in last place in the Challenge Cup East the Courage are number two in their group trailing Gotham FC on goal differential and they've played one more match so it still looks like Gotham FC is probably going to take it Match number nine was a Tuesday match. We went to the secondary tournament in Asia, the AFC Cup. Visaka taking on Lolanak, and uh, now for some reason, the game is not listed as having been played and it appears to have been moved until May 18th. Wednesday, match number 10, the CONCACAF Champions League quarterfinal first leg. We decided to mini-preview Columbus versus Monterey. And what a match it was. A 2-2 draw for uh, Monterey. Jose Alvarado gets the equalizer in the 90th minute. And then our bonus matches with explanations on these coming up a little bit later on when we do the new versions. Our round of the week was a Thursday match from the Moldovan National Division. Number 10, Koju taking on Perennial Powers' number one, Sharif. New prediction was 1 6 on this, and I was only off by one. Kodru didn't even get a courtesy goal. The final was 0 6 in favor of uh, Sharif. Uh, Kodru, Sharif don't like it meaningless match in the world. The most meaningless match, I should say, was a Saturday match from the Croatian First Football League. Number one, Sibenik, taking on number six, Slavin, and the result was a 2-0 win for Sibenik. Uh, Denny Juric, who we said might be really good, he had a goal in the eighth minute. These two switched places in the table, so they're still right in the middle and still perfectly meaningless in their existence. And finally, the match of Disappointed, a Saturday match from Kosovo's Super League, where we had second to last place, Arben Area taking on very last place, Besa Paij, and it was an Arberian win, 2-1. to one. They swept all the games from them in Kosovo this season. And that concludes your episode 30, last week's Match Recap. Now let's get back to the current week's tracking with... Match number six. Sunday once again, and this time it is trophy time, another FA Cup, we're headed to Poland this one. The top league there is rated number 30 in UEFA. Uh, they just got passed by Hungary in the coefficients. They're going to be playing this final in the neutral site of a town that I wasn't familiar with at all, uh, Lublin. It's the home of a Division Three team. Uh, kind of a bit of an odd place, in my opinion, to be having an FA Cup final, but there you have it. Uh, and what part of what makes this FA Cup really fun is everybody likes to see uh, minnows do giant killing. You like to see the teams from the smaller leagues try to get says against the teams from the bigger or the biggest leagues. Well, Poland, uh, they try to kind of make that happen by having the team that plays in the lower division, if the teams are in different leagues, always gets to host by rule. And that's part of how we get a final like this. And by the way, the winner is going to get a Europa Conference League's second qualifying round berth. And the matchup is uh, Raikau, Chestahoa, and Arka Gdynia. A little bit about each of these. uh, Cestahoa, uh they are known as Medaliki. Their nickname is the Medallions, which is kind of cool. Um, maybe there's something a little bit lost in the translation. Could be Medalist, I suppose, but I'm pretty sure it's Medallion. Uh, Chestahoa is a uh, south central city in Poland, about a quarter million people. Uh, the thing that's probably most famous for in the Western world is that the monastery where the Black Madonna painting of fame is hung. Uh, as far as the footy, this team, they were the FA Cup runners-up, but you've got to go all the way back to 1966-67 before they got almost a sniff, if you will, of that trophy. Uh, this year, they're doing very well in league play. They're number three of the top flight in Poland, the extra Klasa, which means right now they're guaranteed a, a Europa Conference League berth in the first qualifying round, so uh, they could climb up into one more qualifying round. Mathematically, there's still uh, a possibility they could win the league and go to the Champions League, but that's pretty unlikely. Uh, They sport in league the second-best offense, and they have tied for the second-best defense. Top 10 in the league in scoring is a one-named Spaniard who simply goes by uh, Ivey, I-V-I. He is a forward. Uh, He uh, played for uh, Sevilla and uh, Getafe from La Liga in the past. On the assist leader board, uh, Marchine Sabala. He's a midfielder, he's 25 years old. And uh, up until this year, he has spent his entire career playing with second division teams in Poland. And we had, I didn't know we would be finding this, a USA connection, a gentleman named Ben Liederman. He's just 20 years old, plays midfielder for them. Uh, he was born in Los Angeles to Israeli uh, expatriate parents. He actually moved to Barcelona with the family, though, in 2011, so he could participate in their academy. So his roots don't go too terribly deep in the U.S., but he is one of ours. And then... We have Arca Gdynia. They are known as the Herrings, also another fun nickname. Uh, This is a big northern port city, uh, Gdynia, that was destroyed during World War II and then got rebuilt and repopulated uh, by people who were displaced uh, out of Warsaw. Uh, They are two time FA Cup winners. They uh, won it in 2016 17. And you might remember me mentioning just a minute ago about how they try to get uh, some advantage to the lower league teams. While this team has played in the extra class of plenty before, this year they're actually playing in Liga 1, which is the second division in Poland. And yet here they are competing for a trophy and a European berth. And they're only in sixth place, which barely puts them into uh, a slot for a promotion playoff, with about a third of the season to go there. Last year they were in the extra class, but they finished in fourth. 14th place and got relegated uh, Best player for them probably going Is number 3 league scorer Juliusz Uh He's been here on loan from one of The mid-table extra classa clubs Match number 7 We stay on Sunday And we head to Russia for a big Premier League Matchup uh, Russia's top flight is rated number eight by UEFA. That's down one. They got passed by the Netherlands. Uh, because they're still in the top ten, they get one Champions League group stage berth, one Champions League third qualifying round berth, and then they'll get a couple of uh, ECL spots like most everybody else in Europe. And the matchup. It is a big one. Uh, number one, Zenit versus uh, number B, Lokomotiv. And I've been saying Zenit for a long time, but I believe Zenit's a little closer on the Russian. In any case, uh, Zenit lead by six in in the table right now. Locomotive, meanwhile, they lead number three Spartak Moscow by two points. So it's going to be a really tight race. There's only three matches remaining, in fact, in the regular season. lokomotive has got to get three points here or they're basically cooked. Uh, and the first match didn't look real promising. Nobody scored uh, at Locomotive. It went to just a nil-nil draw. Uh, Let's see, Uh, Zenit, they play out of St. Petersburg. Uh, Internationally, their best finish, they won what is now called the Europa League, just before it changed names. Uh, This was back in 2007-2008. In the Champions League, they've never gotten past the group stage. Domestically seven league titles to their credit and they are the two-time defending Russian premier champions They have lost just three matches, but have a lot of draws Which is the only reason that the uh, table is particularly tight right now because the next best teams all have like seven losses each Uh, They've got the number one offense going almost two and a half per game But it's the defense where they're even better I believe they're the only club where uh, they're allowing less than one goal per match on average Number one league score is theirs. Sardar Asmon. He is an Iranian forward. Uh, He played for Braga over in Portugal's uh, Premier League on loan one time, and he has been playing for the national team since he was a teenager. So you've had plenty of chances to catch his name before. And he is considered. uh, They like to give nicknames in the Middle East. He is a young Zlatan. uh, Not so much because he's two footed like a guy that we talked about earlier in the podcast, but because he's very tall, very strong in the air, heading the ball. And then he's got big bursts of acceleration. So he's also been called the Iranian Messi. Now, he's old enough, I believe, mid-late 20s. I don't think he's going to be as good as either of those guys. But it's fun to make those comparisons. And then tied for number one in the league in assists, they have Douglas Santos out of Brazil. And he's another defender getting in on the offensive side. He plays left back. And he's been around the block in Europe. He played in uh, Granada. Uh, Over in La Liga in Spain, Udinese in Italy's uh, Serie A, and then Hamburger SV, which I'm sure at the time played in the German Bundesliga, I believe they're in the second Bundesliga this year. And then your challengers, Lokomotiv Moscow. They have three league titles to their credit. 2017-18 was the most recent time they won it. Uh, internationally, in 2003-2004, they made the round of 16 of the Champions League. They've been there plenty of times, but that was their best ever finish. Uh, this year, they're uh, not so good on offense, just number six. Uh, their bread gets buttered on defense. They're tied for third there. Uh, the offense that they will be getting, most likely coming at the feet of top 10 league scorer, uh, Zygosh Krajowiak, uh, Polish uh, defensive midfielder, and yet apparently he does a lot of box-to-box action getting a lot of goals. Uh, he's been around the block as well internationally. There in Europe, he's played for Bordeaux over in France. Uh, he was mostly loaned out, though, when he was there to uh, other top-flight teams, uh, Rons and Nantes. Uh, he's also been with Sevilla in Spain, PSG in France. They loan him out to West Brom in England, so there's a good chance that if you follow any kind of European football, you know his name. Plus, he's been with the Polish national team since 2008. And then top 10 in assists is Anton uh, Maranchuk. And fun fact about him, he's got a twin brother who plays for Serie A's Atalanta over in Italy. Time for the return of... Person Noob's Sanders Review! There
0: is sandwiches. We always discuss the gloriousness of sandwiches. The tastiest sandwiches ever. So we tried to pull my mom in to discuss a sandwich today. She made herself a breakfast sandwich. I'd review it, but I'm having Captain Crunch. Tasty enough, but not a sandwich. Not even a proper sandwich ingredient. It was a toasted English muffin, bacon, egg, and cheese. Sure smelled good, Dad.
1: Yeah, I thought it looked and smelled good, too. Wish I'd had one. I had a banana. I think she just thought I was leaving before her, and so she didn't make me one. But I'd had a work meeting delayed, so I was here when she made her own sandwich. So, how do you review the sandwich? Can't. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm.
0: First new sandwich review.
1: Match number eight. For this one, we head to another microstate, a league so lowly rated you might not even be able to find this match ever on ESPN The Ocho, if it were a real thing. Nevertheless, we're going to cover it because you know what? Their winners get to go to the Champions League just like every other European nation. We're headed to Andorra, their Premier Divisio that's rated number 54 of the 55 league associations. Hey, it's a country with only like 77,000 people. They're doing what they can, and the teams that are going to do what they can. Number one, Interclube de Escaldes is playing host to number B, uh, Saint Julia de Loria. Uh, de Escaldes currently lead in the table by four, with just four matches remaining in the regular season, and uh, Escaldes have had the better of it uh, so far. They've played twice, and they won three-one at home, and then nil-two on the road. Uh, let's see the team, Escaldes. They are in a parish that is called Escaldes. Uh, It's in the south-southeast part of this little tiny country. If you're not familiar with it, it's right between uh, France and Spain. Just a dot, basically. About 15,000 people, and that's the second largest area in the country. They have two league titles to their credit. Most recent one was in 2008-2009. They've been getting to go to the Europa League quite a bit, though. Uh, Seven ELs since then, although they've never made it past the second qualifying round. Uh, They did win a first qualifying match one time in the Champions League. That was against Trey Fiore, of another uh, microstate, San Marino, and I believe their league is the only one that's even... Uh, I think they're number 55 if memory serves. Uh, This team is the defending champion. I mentioned that they had two league titles earlier. That doesn't include this last year. Um, So they got to go to the Champions League, but they lost to uh, Kosovo's uh, Dreta in the preliminary round and then they got to go to the Europa League and lost in the second qualifying round to Dundalk there from the Republic of Ireland. Uh, In their own league, they are tied for second best offense and easily the number one defense in the league and they have uh, for that offense Side tied for number two league score. Whoops, number B league score. Uh, Guinness Sodevilla from Spain. Uh, meanwhile, Saint Julia, uh, Saint Julia Deloria is the full parish name, it's in the southwest uh, part of the country. About 10,000 people, uh, very mountainous right there. The Pyrenees. This is actually the lowest parish in the country at only quote unquote, 900 feet above sea level. Uh, A little claim to fame for them, for this parish, uh, a gentleman named, I think it's a gentleman, I guess I shouldn't assume, Domi Trastoy Diaz is from there, and he is famous for having climbed five of the seven highest peaks on each of the continents. So, fun side note. Number one on offense, uh, almost two times as many goals as anybody else, but uh they let it slide on defense. They've uh oh they've got below average one, only rated number six. And they have top ten league scorer Gerard Atragas.
0: Match number nine.
1: And while that wraps up our weekend set of matches, we are not done tracking. Our fun is not done. In fact, are you hungry for more, person noob?
0: Bad joke, Dad. <laughs>
1: Yes, it was. And we are nevertheless headed to the country of Hungary for the FA Cup there. It is FA Cup trophy season time. Uh, all the teams for the top three levels of football compete there. Look, I'm a dad. I'm going to make dad jokes. It's going to happen. Uh, plus, there were one or more teams involved uh, from something called the MBI. I'm honestly not sure if that's a regional collection of uh, district Uh, leagues and clubs or if it's one particular league in any case the winner qualifies for the Europa Conference League they get a first qualifying berth I had originally been under the impression that all the FA Cup winners in all of Europe were going to get to go to the Europa League the second tournament but it turns out that's not the case if you're far enough down the Coefficients as a national association, your FA Cup winner goes to the ECL instead. That is the case here, as the NB1, Hungary's top fr- flight league, is just rated number 33 in UEFA. And your finalists are Fehervar FC, and they are taking on Ujpest. Kind of liked practicing that one. It's U-J-P-E-S-T, but it's Ujpest. In any case, a little something about each Fehervar. Their nickname is Vidi which uh, the translation I found means environment. I have a feeling it means more than one thing or that there's very much something kind of lost in the translation. In any case, uh, the town they actually play in is a more full name, Seikashfehirvar, about 100,000 people. This was a very early capital of the country, as history buffs will know, and so all the earliest kings and queens from the nation are buried there. It also translates to uh, the city to White Castle, which, if they ever make another Harold and Kumar movie, I have a feeling they're not going to Hungary, but who knows. And this makes it one of my favorite ones-to-do person to do get all out of this. This city is the capital of a district or state called Central Transdanubia. It's like it was made for us. trans Nub. Nubia. No. Yeah, we're going to be fans. We're rooting for the Vd. We've decided. Uh, Let's see. Uh, That is, again, as I mentioned, state. it's actually a three-county region more than really a state. It's in the northwest central part of the country. They have won two cup titles in the past. The most recent one was just two years ago. And they usually finish uh, in second place in the league, always behind uh, Theron Varos. They're number three in the league right now with just two matches to go. Uh, They're not in too much danger of losing their ECL Uh, bid position from the league in case they don't win this final. They lead Pakshi FC by three points. They're very well balanced have the number three offense and defense in the league going. Tied for number three in league scoring, player to look for, Nemanja Nikolic. And if his name is familiar to you, yes, you are an MLS and more specifically a Chicago Fire fan. He played from them uh, for them rather from two thousand seventeen until just last year. Meanwhile, Ujpest, uh, they play in a district of Budapest called Doja, which translates to dose, at least from what I find. Um, Again, I have a feeling something's lost in the translation, but I am a noob in more than one way. Uh, It's in the northern part of Budapest. It is... If you look all the way back through the country's history, it's number three in league titles, but their heydays domestically were very much in the 1970s. They've got 20 league titles to their credit, but the last one they won was in 97-98. Now, they have won 10 FA Cup titles as well. They've had more success there recently. They won the 2017-18 version. They're just in eighth place in the league right now, so if they want to go to the ECL, unlike their foes today, they've got to have a win here. I think that might push them to a win, but statistically... It's sort of hard to see. That might be more hope than anything. Uh, just the number seven offense, much worse on defense. So number 11 out of the 12 teams there. And they have the number 11 goal differential going is all. Uh, top 10 league score, the guy who can hopefully lead them to the trophy is uh, Giorgi Bairdze He is a uh, Georgian forward, just 23 years old. And he has been elsewhere in Europe, sort of. Uh, Belgian club Yent had the rights to him, but he was always loaned out.
0: And match number 10, we're done. Finally!
1: Uh, match number 10, we have come to the at least official end of the matches we're going to track. Of course, we've still got our three bonus matches to do. And match number 10, we're actually not going to do a formal match preview here. I'll give you a little bit about this Romanian Liga One matchup, and then we'll get into what I've made an almost weekly uh, culinary segment, if you will. And it's different than the uh, sandwich review. <laughs> um, Romania's Liga One is the number 25 league in UEFA, that is up three spots from a year ago. They are three matches into their championship round, which is a double round robin uh, so uh, of 10 matches. So they got seven to go, a little bit of time, but this is still a great matchup. Uh, now the winner gets to go to the Champions League first qualifying round. They get uh, two uh, Europa Conference League second qualifying round berths. And then this is odd. I almost wonder if it's correct. The, uh, the information I found said they get yet another ECL berth uh, after a playoff gets played. I wonder if they just get two total. But in any case... And yes, we did just cover this a couple weeks ago. Regular listeners, I recognize that. Uh, this time, it's uh, the home and visitor switched around, as you would imagine. It is number one FCSB taking on number B Cluj. Uh, currently, FCSB leading the table by just one point. Uh, Cluj lead the number three team by four points, so they are by no means even safe. And this is one of the fun ones. I love it when they do this. It's especially nice when one of the teams has kind of run away with the league. When they go from the regular season. About three quarters of the way through to the uh, championship round They cut all the points in half that the teams have earned So it narrows everything down I don't like it with some leagues where they just get rid of all the points and you start from scratch This seems to me like a happy medium But since we covered uh, these two teams playing each other just a couple of weeks ago This seems like a great opportunity to pause and talk about one of my favorite topics Food! Food! Food food person noob and you're gonna love this because guess what we're gonna talk about? What? Desserts come desserts. hither. Desserts! Yes. Now, so I have looked for uh, I have looked for divine delicacies, sinful desserts from each of these areas. So first let's talk about FCSB. The B stands for Bucharesti. that's the capital. And this, you pronounce this like an SH. This is Papanashi. You say that one?
0: Papanashi.
1: Yep, and it translates to Food for children. Wait, does that mean I can't have it? Even though it means food for children? Yeah. Oh, color color me uh, afflicted with Peter Pan syndrome, because I want to eat this. Papadnashi is a fried donut, and then it's also got an extra sphere of dough on top. I'm not sure why, because the whole thing is uh, traditionally filled with sweet cream, and then also on top, you put sour jam topping and then some sort of very soft cheese. You can use uh, cottage cheese, whey cheese. I think most commonly or traditionally there, they use something called erda, but it's all in that ripe cheese family. Meanwhile, Cluj. Now, this one sounds really good, but I actually didn't look like the look of it because the noodles looked kind of wet and moist because it served warm. But it may be delicious. In Cluj, which is the club and the town, uh, I couldn't find a cr- correct pronunciation for this, so I've got to just give it my best shot. Uh, Vargabellish or Vargabeles. Uh, this is a very simple dessert, or so they say to make, of thin egg noodles. You cook those in milk, and then you mix in a uh, whipped egg whites and curd cheese they seem to like their soft cheeses there and then you put all of that concoction uh, neatly between sheets of uh, phyllo pastry Now, uh, the noodle filling, you usually also enrich that uh, with, like, uh, raisins, cinnamon, vanilla, or even lemon zest or some combination. And then you usually serve it warm, which surprises me by the look of it. I think I would like it room temperature. But in any case, you also dust it with powdered sugar. So, Personeub, based on these two desserts, which one do you like better? And therefore, which team do you think is going to win? Do you like the fried donut that is food for children, that is papanashi? Or, var, or <laughs> Varga Vargabeles from Cluj. I like the first one. The first one? Yes. We're going to be stale of Bucharesti people. I like the papanashi, even though it is food that's only supposed to be for children. Who knows? Maybe we can start a petition and get them to uh, change the name of it so that it is delicious dessert for everyone. What do you think? Sure. Or maybe we should finish up our uh, revolution for number B before we dive into anything complicated like that. Thoughts? Questions? Insights? Concerns?
0: No, but the cats are cutely sleeping together right there. Cat, My cats are sleeping.
1: Okay, yeah, That didn't have anything to do with anything, and I'm not sure how to end the segment. And now it's time for the first of our three bonus matches. On Twitter, you can find me at Soccer SoccerNoobUSA. That's N-O-O-B on the noob. Uh, each week, I put up polls uh, with various candidate matches that fit the parameters of each of these games so that you can vote helping create the content. Do your newbriotic duty, find me, and vote. Newbriotic, yes, making up a word. You can also comment to me on Twitter about how weird that is. In any case, our first match is a first versus last place matchup that you believe may well end up being the entire world's... Route,
0: route, route, route. Of, 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 of. The week, 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 week.
1: Excellent work on the echo sound effect, as always. Homemade by daughter Persa Noob, co-host. Soon to be award-winning, I'm sure of it. Your Route of the Week match comes out of Uzbekistan. The Uzbek Super League is rated number 10 in all of Asia. They get one team automatically with the Champions League group stage, and then another team is sort of on standby for the Asian Cup. That's kind of their secondary tournament. It's a little bit different than the Europa League. On standby. In other words, they probably get to go because some other Asian team that would qualify won't end up having the right licensure. That happens a lot in Asia. In any case, on the other end of the table, at least one team is going to get relegated. Two teams might get auto relegated I found conflicting information and in either case whether it's one or two another team the next one up at the table will have to survive a relegation playoff match against the second or third place team in the Uzbek second division in order to stay up but that's a long way off there are only five to six matches into this season but that doesn't mean that you folks can't Spot a potential huge route when you see it. Number 14 in last place, Turan, taking on number one, Paktakor. Now, uh, Paktakor is one of the two really good teams. AGMK is uh, still alive and kicking the... Uh, in the Asian Champions League. And so they have two matches in hand right now. Although if you extrapolate out I think they would only end up being the second place team right now. So in any case, Pac-tacour on top of the t- on top of the table. But first, a little bit about your hosts and probably soon to be roadkill, Turan. They play out of a city called Yaypan. I hope I'm getting the pronunciation right. Y-A-Y-P-A-N, which is in the eastern part of the country uh, in the Fergana district. Now, if you can imagine on a map this country, there's a little slip of land out to the north and east, and then one more sort of little uh, bulb. And part of that is the Fergana district. The town of Yapan only has about 25,000 people in it. Um, The Fergana district as a whole has 3.75 million people. City of Fergana itself is over 2.5 million. So this isn't purely a rural team, but a lot of the folks are spread out in This team is a little bit, I think, more in the rural area. The district uh, borders uh, uh, Kyrgyzstan and Tajikistan, and there's just a lot of population spread out all. All over the rural areas. In any case, the team is 0-2-3 so far, and they are two points away from the next two teams up in the table. They are tied for worst on offense, and they have the very worst defense going in the league. But you knew eventually the Peter Principle might get applied with a team like this, because in 2019, they were in the third division, won that, and then last year they won the second division. So unless some rich oil baron bought the team and pumped a bunch of money into it, like wolves over in the Premier League, which I doubt very much is happening in this particular country. Um, yeah, they were eventually going to have bitten off more than they can chew. It seems they've gotten there. In any case, who will be doing the chewing? Probably Pakhtakor. tacor They play out of Tashkent, which is the capital city, about 2.5 million people. Uh, Pactacor translates to the cotton growers, and it's right on the crest. Big old thing of cotton. They're also known as the lions because every third. Professional football club in the world Seems to be called the Lions Uh, They've got the most league titles 13 in the entire country's history They are the two-time defending champs Uh, They've been as far as making the Champions League Semifinals uh, back in uh, 2002, 2003 And in 2004 Uh, They're actually also, uh, just like AGMK They are currently in the Champions League Right now, but they are 0-4-1 With just one match to go in the group stage Uh, They can't possibly catch up for second place And will be going home soon the start to their domestic season is certainly going better. They are 5-0-0, second-best offense, defense, and goal differential. Very well balanced. Tied for number 3, very intimidatingly named to score, Dragon Seiran. He is a Serbian striker, 33 years old. Uh, he's played a little bit in Europe, but you would have to be a pretty serious uh, fan of some of the uh, more lowly rated associations to know him. He played for a couple Israeli clubs and one in North Macedonia. In any case, crunching all the numbers following my gut. I am no noobstradamus necessarily, but maybe that's a good thing since he's never gotten a game right. My prediction for this game is a nil 5 blowout in favor of Pak Our second bonus match is always, well, the opposite of the route of the week. Now, what exactly would that be, Route of the Week? Well, instead of looking at teams that are the top and bottom of the league, I think this is the match that truly sets Team Noob's podcast apart. What other podcast would bother to look for two teams that are facing off that couldn't be farther from Glory or Doom, perfectly middling in their table? It's an affair that we serenade with song. We call this... Could you be... The most meaningless match in the world. Yes, you could. could. You're so boring. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's going to be a match that you have voted on for the distinction of being a match that will not have any effect probably with their teams on international berths, trophies, relegation, last place, anything at all. And you have chosen the French Guiana Honor Division. Kind of fun. It's uh, This is going to be a Friday match, by the way. Uh, this country's honor division and their football association is actually run by a French organization, but not quite their FA. Uh, they're not a member of FIFA, but they are a full member of CONCACAF, even though this is a country that's part of mainland South America. As members of CONCACAF, the only thing I can say probably for certain, probably for certain, is that the team is not in the top 20 of all the league associations in general quality now the winner of this league uh, does have the right to go to uh, the CCS the Caribbean Club Shield which is the lesser of the two Caribbean tournaments that are feeder tournaments for stuff that goes higher up within CONCACAF but I don't think that this country has sent their champion there since sometime in the 1990s so another layer of meaninglessness if you will In any case, the league is divided into two groups. One of uh, Group A has eight clubs and Group B has seven. The two teams we're going to talk about here are in Group B. Uh, These are the only two teams in the group that are not in their first place, in in first place, in second place, which would put them in a third place final at the end of the season, or in relegation or relegation playoff spot. So these are the only two teams... (laughs) <laughs> that right now their match even could be meaningless. Uh, let's see here. Oh, and another fun little side note. Uh, this and there are some Oceania teams uh, or organizations that I think do this as well. In this country, you get four points in the table for a win. And then you get two points for a draw for each team. And then one just for showing up. Because apparently, oftentimes, teams just don't show up and then they don't get any points. So one point for a non-forfeit loss. In any case... Your matchup of perfectly meaninglessness is number four, Ark and versus number three, LeGelder. Gelder are four behind the second place team right now. They are ahead of Ark and by three. Ark and Turner in in a three way tie th- uh, for fourth through sixth place. And apparently, it's not goal differential that uh, makes the difference on where you're on the table. It must be head to head or something because. Arc has far and away the worst goal differential in the league. In any case, let's learn a little bit about each just the same because that can still be fun. Legeldar, they are in the city of Koro, if I'm saying that right, K-O-U-R-O-U, about 25,000. It is on the uh, north central part of the country. It is coastal. And if you are into all things space-oriented, you may very well know that the European Space Agency's main spaceport is down here. Kind of an interesting place for that. Uh, The team has 11 league titles to their credit that I was able to find, most recently in 2017-18. Back in 1992, and this may be the last time the league sent anybody, uh, they went to... The Caribbean uh, club, I believe, was championship at the time. They only won one tournament instead of two. And they lost to SV Robin Hood of Suriname, another, I believe, uh, South American or close to South American country in the very first round. They finished in second place in the league last year. Uh, This year, so far, they have the number five offense and are tied for having the second best defense going. And now NCL, and this is actually the team I've really been kind of excited to talk about, even though I'm not 100% sure of some of the information. Uh, <clears throat> I enjoy learning about football. This is why I do this, and I'm glad that you've joined me on my educational journey. But I like learning about the world through the lens of football, using it as a means. To me, that's just as fun. Arc-NCL. Uh they are a part of, uh, the city that they're from or town is uh, Remire and... Uh, the whole place or district is called Remire Montjoli. Uh, it's a suburb of uh, Cayenne, which is the capital, city of a little bit under 30,000. And what makes this so interesting is that uh, I couldn't find virtually anything on the team. I don't even know that they existed more than a year ago, and if they did, I'm fairly confident they weren't playing in the first division. I don't even know if there are multiple divisions down there, but did a little rabbit trailing th- through the interwebs and found that there is a village right on the edge of Remire uh, Montjoly called Residence Arc NCL. Uh, It's a village right on the edge of that, and this is home to uh, many Brazilian Carapuna do Amapá Amerindians, a bunch of native people. I I don't really know a whole bunch about the history, but... They are Brazilian, as I said, and uh, decades ago they came and basically squatted some, on some land next to the village and said, we want to live here. And there were a lot of uh, these particular uh, tribal Amerindians that were doing this in Brazil and some of them happened to be up here that were just squatting trying to find places to live. And they weren't terribly welcome. At one point, it was ordered. I don't know if they did it or not, but the uh, Majoli Council decided basically to, like, you know, tear the whole thing down. Whether they did or not, a few years later, there was an organization made that's supposed to sort of be seen to the care and social affair of trying to build up this area. I am assuming that this is where the team is located, But I can't say for sure. But either way, it was a neat little interesting piece of history. And I've got a really strong feeling that that is where the club is based. In any case, on the specifically football side, they are 2-0-5 so far in the year, and they just won two games. So they would have uh, just a, a week or so ago been in position for to be in the third and final bonus match, depending on who they were playing. We'll get to that in a little bit. So it's nice that they've won two in a row, climbed up to the middle of the table. Tied for number 3 on offense, but they're the worst on defense. They give up over 3.5 goals a game and have the worst goal differential by 50%. Yikes. But the nice thing is that unless they're able to make some moves, they're not going to be going up or down or going anywhere. Hence, the most meaningless match in the world, even with some really good, fun information with it. And now, finally, we have come to the true end of our podcast road. And as always, we don't like to end on notes of happiness and joy. After all, this is the 13th match, and there's a dark cloud over the number 13 anything. So we shall end on Tone's of dread and woe, wailing and gnashing of teeth over two teams that are vile and bad, worthy of our scorn. This is the match of...
2: DISAPPOINTED!
1: Yes. Whew. The Herculean tones from Kevin Sorbo of his disdain for these two teams just never fail to send shivers up and down my spine. His hatred is so great and yet so righteous. This is the match of disappointed. Two of the last place teams in some league, the league that you have voted on, the Welsh Premier League. Yep, the second time we're headed to Wales. You got Noobstradamus last time. This time you get the match of disappointed treatment. A Tuesday match, two teams are going to get relegated automatically out of this league. Uh, At time of recording, there are only four matches remaining in the league season. There might be three only, depending on which team it is and when you are listening to this during the week. In any case, the match is number 12, Kefin Druids AFC versus number 11, Flint Town United. Seffen are 12 points from safety. They are all but mathematically relegated. They are terrible. Meanwhile, Flint Town United, they have a little bit of hope. They're three behind the number nine and uh, ten teams in the table. Um, they sound like they're worthy of our scorn and are putrid and need to be treated accordingly, shall we? How do we greet teams like this person, noob?
2: Boo. boo you're terrible
0: you have the right to have person's disappointedness
2: oh
1: my god and that is one thing you do not want as her father i can tell you you do not want her disapproval or disappointedness i will growl at you like a lion i've actually heard that and she hisses too sometimes it's very strange <sighs> Yes, thank you. <laughs> in any case, how have the two teams done against each other so far this season? Disappointingly, well, they each won on the road one to two because, of course, neither of these teams can win a home game. And then in uh, the relegation round here late in the season, uh, Flint Town United got to her- host the first of their last two matchups and won five to nothing. Let's learn a little bit about each of these teams before they disappear into the nether regions of the Welsh second tier. First, Mauer is where Kefen Druids play out of. Uh, they are in the area of Wrexham, the west central part of that, which is in the northeast part of Wales. Uh, Mauer translates to Big Ridge. Uh, I know at the turn of the century it only had 7,000 people. I don't gather that it's a, a very well-to-do economic area at all, so I doubt they're any bigger than that at the very least. Last year, they finished in 8th place. 2017-18 was the last time they were probably maybe the only time they were ever any good. They finished number 5, their best ever. And that year, they actually got to play in the Europa League, but only because they won... An in-league European League playoff, and they only got to play in that because second-place Bangor City was relegated, even though they finished in second place, because they failed to get a Tier 1 license, which you need to play in Wales for the following year, the Premier League, apparently. And then they also went in to the EL in 2012-13, and neither time did they win a darn thing. So, so disappointing. Yes, we can do two affixes like that, can't we? Suffixes. This sure. is the person in recording
0: studio.
1: We can do what we want. In the That's year. right. We do what we want. This team has won. Uh, One. Ha. Huh. This team has lost five straight times, and during this stretch, they have been outscored twenty to two. Talk about woof. They are only four, four and twenty on the year, with a just a dizzying minus forty nine goal differential. Just incredibly terrible. Uh, Worst offense of the league. They're the only club that isn't even averaging a goal per game. They've got the worst defense. They're the only club that's even giving up two goals per game, and they're actually closer to three. And therefore, as you might imagine, their goal differential is twice as uh, horrendous as anybody else's. Their best all-around player, and I hate to even use a word like that, has been a 23-year-old midfielder from England named uh, Niall Flint, Kind of appropriate somehow that his name is Flint and he's going to be playing Flint Town. It's the match of disappointed. He's on the wrong team. Nothing is going right. Uh, best team he's probably played for was uh, Shrewsbury Town in League One over in England. He's got a couple of goals this year. Uh, Flint Town United play in the town of, I'll bet you can guess, person noob. The town of. Flint, very good. <laughs> uh, it's a town of about thirteen thousand, uh, maybe double that, are in the overall kind of outlying area. And they are known as the Silkmen. Uh, the, the entirety of this century, at the very least, they have always been in Division Two, but they just got promoted last year. Um, They weren't even the winners of the division, though. The champions of the Cymru North, one of the two second tier divisions, didn't meet uh, the Football Association of Wales tier one requirements, and so they didn't get to move up. So, how disappointing are they? They snuck into somebody else's spot. They're like Maverick and Goose from Top Gun. In any case, second worst offense, second worst defense. Uh, best all-around player might be Josh Amis, 26-year-old attacker. The fact that he's even got multiple goals for them at all, you know, I guess that puts him up on a pedestal. <clears throat> Neal, Josh, find yourself some better clubs, dudes, because until then we will wangle, waggle our finger at you. In fact, we would just assume that you didn't come around, or if you do, call first at least. That way we can have it open and you can pull into the garage so the neighbors don't see you. Because you are no good black family sheep and a curse on all who espy you. And I can't think of anything worse I could possibly say. Can you, person noob, shall we do our traditional ending? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's all we've got for episode 31 of The Ten to Track. Thank you very much to the management for all his production and editing duties. To Dan, the former Interno Inferno, for all his efforts. To, of course, my daughter Persinew, despite the fact that she hijacked my intro. At least she's letting me close things out. I suppose I should be grateful for what I can get. And to you, of course, for listening. You know, we would really appreciate it if you enjoyed it, if you told other folks about our show too, just because we really endeavor to uh, have lots of fun talking about soccer in a way that probably nobody else is out there doing in the podcast world Uh, soccer food culture history folklore a little silliness obviously we just have so much fun Uh, to that end person noob and i are uh both available to uh produce segments of any sort for you for world football coverage or to uh you know guest on your show if you would like if you have a podcast or something of your own in media inquiries you can get to me on twitter once again that's soccer noob usa my handle there until next time Have yourself a fabulous footy week. Take care.